Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. What do you do when you sense God is calling you to do something, but you're not sure how it will play out? Or said differently, what's your attitude when you're unsure as to what the outcome or consequence of obedience to God will be? I remember the first time I came to Watermark interviewing for the Institute. I'd never been here before, and I really didn't know much about Watermark. I was confident God was calling me to leave College Station, where I'd been working, but I didn't know where I'd end up. And honestly, I didn't think it'd be Watermark. I hardly knew anything about the church. And when I decided to say yes to the the Institute program, I was trusting God as he'd made it clear the Watermark Institute was where I needed to be. But on paper— It really didn't make much sense. I quit my full-time job and signed up for what, to some adults in my life, seemed like an internship. I left a position with a salary and benefits for a 10-month program with no benefits and a monthly stipend that averaged to about $12.50 an hour before tax. It seemed crazy, but it was obedient. Ever been there? God's calling you to do something, but you know it could cost you? Maybe you're at work and someone's making immoral choices. You could speak up, but that might cost you, relationally or professionally. Maybe you're a student. Kids are passing around answers to a test or a quizlet or something you know that's wrong, and you know that the obedient, God-honoring choice, it'll cost you socially. Or maybe you've already made a poor choice, and you know God wants you to come clean. But that, that decision, to be honest it might come with an unknown set of consequences. What does it look like to obey God when we don't know how things will turn out? In today's chapter, Hebrews 11, we get example after example of what it looks like to respond to God in faith. And my favorite example is that of Abraham and Sarah in verses 8 through 12. Let me read them. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And so here's what's crazy. God, he promised Abraham three things back in Genesis 12, 15, and 17. Land, that's the promised land. Seed, tons of children, descendants, and blessing. Those who bless you, God said, I will bless. And those who curse you, I will curse. And honestly, It was insane for Abraham to trust that God would come through. I mean, just take the the seed promise alone, kids, descendants. Imagine your grandparents getting pregnant with another child this week. Imagine that phone call. That's what God was telling Abram and Sarah, that even though they were elderly, they'd have kids, a ton of descendants. How was that possible? They didn't know. And then he tells the family to pack up and move. Where were they going? They didn't know. But guess what? It all worked out. You see, when you really boil it down, faith, it's believing that future events will unfold as God has said they will. 
Faith is being confident that God's word can be trusted. And in Hebrews 11, we get a lot of examples of faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, and more. And here's what's crazy. All of these people who are marked by amazing faith died before they saw the ultimate fulfillment of God's word. What do I mean by that? The word made flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, he's the ultimate fulfillment, but he came after these faith legends. And these legends amidst death, mistakes, trials, they believed God would come through and they died before the ultimate fulfillment of his word. Look at verses 39 and 40. Verse 39, and all these, all these people, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And at the end of the day, the nuances of these two verses are difficult for us to, us to understand. We, we don't know when Jesus is coming back and what type of role we might play in, rela- in relation to these faithful men and women then, but what we do know is this. All of the men and women listed in Hebrews 11 were imperfect, broken people who God used to accomplish his purposes. These people, they trusted God when they didn't know what the outcome of obedience would be. And many of them, they trusted that God would come through but didn't live to see the day on this earth that he tangibly did, ultimately through his son. So in the midst of all the distractions of this world, all the temptations that push us toward disobedience or complacency or apathy, Hebrews 11 provides a grounding reminder of what it looks like for us, broken people, to walk in faithful obedience to God, even when the outcome of such faith might seem to cost us. Faithful obedience is worth it. And at the end of the day, we like Many in that list might not see the benefits or fruit of our obedience while on this earth. And that's challenging, but it's the most fulfilling challenge because one day all will be restored when Christ returns. And that's a day we can all look forward to. So in the meantime, though, that's a lot easier said than done. What do we do when it's really hard to have faith today, when we're caught in the middle of really challenging or devastating circumstances? The good news for us is that God doesn't let those circumstances go to waste. He actually uses them for our good and his glory. That's Romans 5, because we've been justified by faith, because we're saved not on the basis of our performance and trying circumstances, but on the basis of our belief in Christ's life, death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 5 tells us because of this faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, verse 3, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You know, Faithful obedience can be especially challenging when we don't know where it will lead us or when we know it's going to cost us. But the good news is that even if it costs us and we suffer along the way, God's not going to let that suffering go to waste. And what's more is that we don't have to navigate it alone. If you're a believer in Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit continually living in you ever since the moment you were saved. That's something the saints of old didn't have. I mean, 
Imagine what God is doing and can do in and through believers today who are willing to take scary but faithful steps of obedience, more than we can ask or imagine. What step of faith might He be asking you to take today? Think about it. I'd encourage you to share with your community group. I mean, maybe He wants you to speak up at work or school today to work with integrity Maybe he wants you to quit your job and move overseas, or maybe he just wants you to get on the phone and pursue a really challenging reconciliation conversation. I don't know what he's calling you specifically to do, but I'm certain he's got something for all of us. That's all we've got time for today, but as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.